Hello and welcome to Freight Club, a WTA Group podcast. Today on the podcast, we're discussing a trade deal with potentially significant impacts on UK businesses. On the 31st of March, the government announced that it had reached an agreement to join the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, otherwise known as the CPTPP. Now, on the surface, this feels like a pretty significant deal, joining a free trade bloc of 11 countries, including Canada, Japan and Mexico. But is it all that it seems? Well, to analyse the potential impacts from the UK joining the CPTPP, I have with me WTA Group Associate Director of Imports, Justin Hope, who, as you would expect, knows an awful lot about the Indo-Pacific region, having worked very closely with our partners there for many years. So thanks for joining me, Justin, to discuss this new trade deal that, that, that's been announced in the, in the last week or so. But I suppose the first port of call then with this trade deal, you know, before we get into the impacts for, for UK businesses, I think we should start right at the very top, because I think it's likely that this will be the first time a lot of people have heard of the uh, the CPTPP. Um, so c- could you start by just explaining what, what exactly that, that group of countries or, or that agreement is? Sure. Yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful. Um, essentially, it's a trading block uh, of 11 nations, uh, seemingly a random assortment, really. Uh, you've got Australia, Brunei, Canada, Chile, Japan, Malaysia, Mexico, New Zealand, Peru, Singapore and Vietnam. So they're the um, 11 nations currently it's a it's a free trade deal uh, between those nations so there's no other um, diplomatic requirements so and it removes nearly all tariffs currently centered around indo-pacific region but it is expanding um, obviously uk hoping to join it and um, would be the first european nation to join there are other countries that have applied in the past, uh, Costa Rica, Ecuador, uh, Uruguay, and and there are others interested, uh, reportedly, uh, Thailand, um, also Philippines and South Korea. So it is what it is at the moment. And you know, maybe potentially if the UK joins, that could be something that you know triggers even more interest. Yeah, it's an interesting point. There are certainly some some very interesting uh, applicants and, uh, and and countries reportedly interested. Certainly, South Korea, uh, you'd imagine, is is a potential uh, really interesting one, and, and Thailand, of course, for for a potential importers into the UK if they were to join. Um, I know that the UK's trading relationship with Thailand at the moment isn't uh, anywhere close to a free trade deal. So you know that that's that's quite interesting. Um, but but uh, away from the kind of ones that are thinking about joining or the ones that have applied, uh, it does look as though there's some significant economies that are already uh, part of this agreement. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at some of the developed ones, you've got Japan on there, who are obviously a huge uh, economy, Canada and Australia. They're the three that stand out. And then you've got ones that are developing, expected to grow quite a lot in the future. For example, Vietnam, that's one that a lot of um, particularly importers have been looking at as potential medium to long-term alternatives to China, for example. There's 500 million people across countries and for exporters, there's there's a lot of potential, um, a lot of potential new customers for them. 
nine trillion pounds GDP across them as well. Up to the end of Q3 last year, across the four quarters, there's over 110 billion pounds worth of trade done between the UK and those nations. And that was obviously prior to any deal. Yeah, that, that, that does sound um, like a, a significant amount. But, uh, you know, when you look at the overall trade done between the UK and other nations, uh, it's perhaps not as big as people might think. And we, and we will come to the limitations uh, a bit later on. But, you know, d- despite that, um, it, it, you know, there's lots of countries involved in this deal. As you've mentioned, 11 countries involved in this deal. So it feels like it, it must be a pretty significant deal. Yes, it is. Um, there are some limitations which we'll come on to, but it is significant. Clearly, removing tariffs, uh, removing bureaucracy, making it easier to do business with these countries. It's going to boost trade, that's import and export, and, and lead to job creation. Also important to uh, point out that it's expected that by uh, 2030, Nearly two-thirds of the world's middle-class consumers will be in Asia. So mm. if you're looking at new potential export markets, then, then there's going to be some benefits when you look at the list of countries on this list. Um, for importers, if, if you're looking at potentially importing from the likes of Vietnam, Malaysia, Mexico, even Peru, then the removal of these tariffs is going to be a benefit. Just to quote what uh, Rishi Sunak said, as part of the CPTPP, the UK is now in prime position in the global economy to seize opportunities for new jobs, growth and innovation. Uh, He said British businesses will now enjoy unparalleled access to markets from Europe to the South Pacific. So obviously that's his inevitable positive spin on it. So you can see there's definitely definitely a significant deal to be sort of slightly with a slight caveat coming up. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, it's uh, it's not surprising that uh, Rishi Sunak's giving it the big talk up, of course, um, as the leader of the government in the UK. But you've alluded to it there. Uh, it is a deal with limitations. And I think it's only right in the, you know, in the interest of balance that we do explore those limitations and uh, and caveats with this deal. So, yeah, what, what, what do you mean then when you when you talk about those limitations? Well, the biggest issue is that the expectation and the announcement initially over 10 years, they're only, it's only expected to boost GDP by 0.08%, which is clearly not too exciting sounding. <laughs> um, and, and we'll come on to why that is. The trade we have with, with those nations is actually small compared to what we do with a lot of other partners. Um, just to take, for example, on, on imports, from those 11 nations, we do about 35 billion, uh, whereas just from China alone, we do double that import value. On the export side of things, to those nations, again, it's about 35 billion. But even just to the EU, we're doing nearly 200 billion. So it's, well, relatively, it appears far less significant than some of the other nations. Again, looking on the positive side, it's it's a start. It's a start point, I guess. It's it's almost like laying the foundation um, for you know what could come in the future. So I guess really you you may need to be looking beyond ten years for for ultimate benefits. I mean, they're not all the closest places, but there again, China is is a long way away, and so that's that's proof that you don't need to be close to 
um, to be a massive trading partner with someone. You know, obviously, the, the EU is is our closest, and and we do export a lot there at the moment. But but you know, these other nations, they in the future, there there could potentially be some some benefits once these uh, tariffs are removed. The other limitation, which is which is why these figures don't look too huge at the moment is we actually already have a trade deal with 10 of those 11 nations the only one we don't have currently have a deal with is malaysia not necessarily free trade deals but um, which we do actually have with some of them um, but there are there are deals of some form in place uh, we do have free trade deals with the likes of canada mexico and vietnam um, and we're expecting um, ones with australia and new zealand on the way so when you take that into account, then clearly um, that's why the the GDP boost figures look so small. Um, I think it's really a case of looking at sort of the bigger picture and longer term. You know, will it persuade others to join? Will it lead to people looking to import more from and export more to those nations? And then potentially the the benefits could be greater than than they're initially looking at. Yeah, so a couple of really interesting points there. Interesting stats around the the, the trading volumes, really. That you know the the, the goods imports and exports fr- from these nations in comparison to the UK's biggest trading partners uh, at the moment, you know, aren't huge. Uh, and also, you know, that, that very interesting clarification at the end that uh, the trade deals that the UK already has in place with with some of the uh, bigger nations I- involved in this you know, trading block means that this is actually going to mean for, for 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 minimal change in terms of trading with those particular nations considering those advantages and limitations that we've spoken about what would your advice be to to, to uk businesses what what's your your sort of overall take on the signing of this deal well as i say it's, it could be a bit of a slow burner but in the current economic climate it's it's certainly worth looking at if you, for example, if you're a, you're an exporter um, looking at potential new options and diversifying slightly new potential customers and and looking at how these free trade deals could could benefit, maybe check out those destinations or or if you're an importer, of course, look at manufacturers in those areas could there be potential benefits there what i would say is there there isn't any massive rush it hasn't been um hasn't been ratified yet that could take um several months before it goes through parliament so it's you know it's not going to be passed into law we're not going to be officially joined for a while yet if you take the australian free trade deal which i mentioned earlier that isn't even enforced yet and that was signed at the back end of 2021 so that's you know well over a year and and it's still not enforced yet so those these things do take time so it, you know now's the time to maybe do a bit of research whether you're an importer or an importer and see you know, see if it, there could be benefits yeah it's uh it's certainly an interesting development and uh it does it does open the door to to a few more economies and you know if if the ones that we spoke about earlier join you know that's 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 even more free trade deals and and, and pro business conditions i suppose are are only are only a good thing but as, as you mentioned at the end there it's months possibly year a year or two before it's actually in force i did try and uh, in research for this podcast 
dig around and try and find a guess on a sort of time frame before it would be passed into law but uh, no one seems to know so, so we'll just have to uh, hang on and wait wait for news on that um yeah the, the, the australian free trade deal still not being enforced is uh important context that kind of gives a bit of a window into how long these things take but um you know it's it's, it's a new development it's breaking down trade barriers it's uh, can only generally be a, a good thing for business leaders. And um, thanks very much for, for, for giving me your take on it, Justin. Okay, thanks, Scott. Cheers.